The writing of one historical wrong that's growing pace with events such as the long-postponed Artemisia Gentileschi exhibition in London is the historical erasure of women artists. That 2020 show, for example, was the National Gallery's first-ever large-scale retrospective of a woman artist, despite the rediscovery of Gentileschi's art in the 1970s. In her book, The Mirror and the Palette, Rebellion, Revolution and Resilience, 500 Years of Women's Self-Portraits, critic and free editor-at-large Jennifer Higgy introduces us to women artists who were, to various degrees, edited out of male-dominated art history's picture. Higgy chose to focus on the one genre for which women artists historically could find easy access, self-portraiture. Our journey begins with a painting from 1548, and if you visit at Culture File Pod on Twitter right now, you can see that image. Rachel Andrews spoke to Jennifer Higgy about painting in and painting out. It's a very small painting. It looks quite modest. It's slightly clumsy. You can see she's still learning her craft. So this is Katerina van Hemmersen, who's a Flemish painter. This is a self-portrait that she painted in 1548. And we know she painted it then because very handily she inscribed it. I, Katerina van Hemmersen, painted this in 1548. grew up in Antwerp, which at that time was really booming as an art centre because it was where the first um, stock exchange began. And so where there are banks, art booms because people want to collect art. She depicts herself at the easel painting a virgin. A lot of young women for centuries would often paint themselves painting virgins, the Virgin Mary, um, to sort of emphasize that they were virtuous women themselves so that they wouldn't be seen as loose women even though they were artists. But what is really fascinating about this painting is that it was the first time that we know of in art history that an artist has painted themselves at the easel. some great self-portraits by men by this stage but the men tended to depict themselves in quite a heroic way they look quite almost christ-like but katarina van hemerson is painting herself at work and of course we don't know what her thoughts were you know she didn't write anything down so i'm just guessing here but when i look at this painting i tend to think that this is a young woman saying to the world i might only be 20 i have no political agency i'm a young woman in the 16th century but look at me i can be an artist interesting things I think about um, women artists of the past is that they were excluded from so many types of painting because in the main they were barred from the academy they couldn't do apprenticeships they weren't allowed to work on scaffolds in the renaissance um, they couldn't go to life classes you know they, they really struggled in a way to, to learn their trade it's a very consistent thing right through from the 16th century to onwards was that if a woman had access to a mirror and a palette some painting materials, then she could paint herself because she was always available. I loved finding out more about Elizabeth Figé-Lebrun. 
She was born in Paris to an artist who was not very good, a male artist who was not very good, and I think her mum was a hairdresser. And so she didn't grow up with wealth or anything like that, but she was a remarkable autodidact. She learned her trade by painting pictures, copying pictures from the Louvre, and by the age of about 15 or 16, she was already working as a professional artist, and she became Marie Antoinette's favourite artist. painted over 30 portraits of the royal family but of course when the revolution came in 1789 she was in extreme danger because she was the favorite of Marie Antoinette and so she managed to escape France even though she wasn't meant to leave she had been married to a man who gambled away pretty much every cent that she had ever earned so she arrived in um, Florence with hardly any money absolutely broke, traumatized with her young daughter, not sure where her next meal was gonna come from. And what does she do? She sits down and she paints a really cheerful self-portrait at the easel. We can see her in this painting in from 1790. She's dressed in the colors of Marie Antoinette's family. She's actually pictured herself painting a portrait of Marie Antoinette. She was painting this because one of the great patrons in Florence at the time was Marie Antoinette's brother. And one of the really wonderful things about this self-portrait, one of the many wonderful things, is that she depicts herself smiling. And at this point in time in France, there was an absolute ban on painting yourself smiling or painting other people smiling. In France, the king had really bad teeth. And so <laughs> he, I don't think that he really wanted to see portraits of people with gleaming white teeth. She was a very canny self-promoter, and she knew that it would cause a scandal as she pictured herself smiling, but she also knew that it would make people notice, sit up and notice her pictures, and she got lots of commissions as a result. She led a remarkable life. She died in her late 80s, um, and her 12 or 13 years in exile during the French Revolution, she traveled all over Europe. She painted royalty throughout Europe and aristocrats. She painted six or 700 portraits, I think it was. And um, she finally moved back to France after the revolution, and she spent her last days in a village in France. She was wealthy and famous, and she actually wrote a autobiography, which became a bestseller. And I was in France a few years ago, and I came across this huge exhibition of her work at the Grand Palais in Paris. And I was like, who is this? And I was wandering around, and I couldn't believe it, how many paintings she'd painted, how famous she was in her day. And it was the first major exhibition devoted to Elizabeth Vigée-Lebrun that had ever been staged in France. So it had taken since, you know, the early 19th century to like 2015 before she was properly recognized. It would have been so great if they had all signed their paintings really visibly <laughs> because a lot of them didn't bother signing their paintings. Often after they died, the paintings by many of these women were immediately or very soon attributed to male artists and sort of got absorbed into collections that way. It's really only been in, you know, recent times that many of these paintings by brilliant women have been properly attributed to them. Jennifer Higgy there and the reporter was Rachel Andrews and we'll have more from that conversation next time on Culture File.